Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. What does the word disruptive mean to you? It means going beyond the ordinary, going beyond the status quo. Not thinking in the conventional way, not just sort of following the herd. Disruptive means shaking things up, you know? Disruptive entrepreneur is somebody who sees the problem and embraces the problem with a new way. Shake up and awakening. Quality will take care of itself and you'll go from being disruptive but also profitable. When you use your own reservoir of talent, when you love what you do, then you disrupt. Mix it up, change it up and dominate. And now, your host, eight times best-selling author and double world record holder, Rob Moore. Hello and welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. Producer Harry here once again to give the introduction to today's very special episode. So the episode today is our 450th podcast episode. And what we wanted to do was say a big thank you to all our listeners to helping us reach this wonderful uh, milestone achievement. So myself, obviously Rob, and Kieran Kevin, who is our social media manager, we sat down together and we spoke about the journey of the podcast and revealed all the secrets and had a great chat. So just before we start the episode, um, I want to say on behalf of Rob and everyone else in the team, thank you all the listeners. Thank you to all the listeners around the world for all your support and helping us reach this great milestone. We do this podcast for you. We're very grateful to have the best listeners, fans in the world. So thank you very much. So let's get straight into the episode, revealing all the behind the scenes. And remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything. Hi, it's Rob. Hi, it's Rob. And I'm with Kieran and Harry and Bella and Nakash. So we're, we're, we're doing a bit of an experiment today. We had a podcast guest booked. We're in the Stanley Building, St Pancras in London. We use this room from time to time to do podcast interviews with great guests. And we had someone pull out on us yesterday. Um, But the reason we're still doing this is because we're going to Burger and Lobster after and we're not cancelling anything for that. Uh, I've just had a bit of a shopping trip down McQueen. I'm sporting my McQueen um, hoodie. Uh, This is how I roll. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, what we thought we'd do um, for, for a bit of fun and an experiment, but hey, this might end up going somewhere, is... We just have a chat about the journey, the last four years. Harry, you've been with us most of the time, haven't you? Yeah, I joined six months into the journey, so when we were about 40-odd episodes, and I've yeah. worked with you since then, so grown scale it to what it is now. Yeah. And then, Kieran, you joined us how long? Six months ago yesterday. Okay, so you've got more of a recent view, and we've got more of a granddaddy view, old yeah. school. Yeah. So yeah, we just thought we'd have a chat about how it all went, some best bits, some worst bits, some crazy bits, some embarrassing bits. Yep. So you guys have prepared some stuff. We have, yeah. It's just going to be conversational. If you've got any questions on the lives, by the way, anything about the podcast, the journey, the guests, put them in. Where are we yours? So Rob, we started the podcast four years ago. Can you tell me why you set it up initially? Yeah, so I started the podcast because I was a podcast fan. I love listening to podcasts. Probably about two years before we started ours. Just really loved having really good access to influencers and authors and publishers that I followed, I felt like it was a little hack because you get in these podcasts, they don't cost any money. You can listen to them in the gym, on the car, on the train, on the plane, walking, running, you name it. And I just felt like it was one of those little life hacks. Uh, like I was telling you, another life hack is having an electric blanket with a, with a his and her side on it. Yeah. So my wife just bought this electric blanket and you can control your heat on your side and she can control her heat on her side. 
do I have it on level two and she has it on level three? Whereas when we had the electric right. blanket before, See? where it was just one, she was moving it up to level three and I was moving it down to level two. That's a fucking life hack. You're right. right. You're winning. So, um, and I just felt that podcasts were a real life hack. And I thought to myself, well, I'm supposed to be, you know, a bit of an influencer or have a personal brand or whatever you want to call it. So I should do my own. But I was busy and there's always something else and always something else. And then after I wrote Life Leverage and launched it, I kind of retired for about the fourth time. And I had time. So then I just sat, sat down with Tom, mm. who's head of innovation, and just said, let's do it. I'm that kind of person. If I like think about things for a bit. And then one day I'll just go, let's do it. And that's why we did it. Did you even know what you were doing at the start? Well, I knew I was recording a podcast, but did I know how a podcast worked or what mm. the back end was? or Like a plan or anything like that. Uh, yeah, your inspiration. Well, I mean, I've always wanted to help entrepreneurs, startups, scale-ups, or people setting up their second or third business, employees who are entrepreneurial. Yeah. So that's always been the people that I've wanted to help. Um, and I guess I wanted a mix of inspiration, education, sort of business advice, really cool guests and me just to be able to express myself in my way i.e you know people who, who follow me and like how i work i don't have to pretend to be someone i'm not uh, and i felt that a podcast was a really good mechanism to do that when you recorded your first episode you fucked it up a little bit didn't you rob you didn't press record you want to tell well, that story uh, oh i didn't hear that <laughs> we we could argue about who fucked it up <laughs> um, because I, like i'm not very good with new tech and I get scared about it. You've just, we've just got me an, an iPhone X, X Pro. X Pro. Yeah. Um, for all, apparently the camera's really good. It's, it's phenomenal. And I, I've had it for a few days and it's still sat in the box because I'm scared about getting the data from my phone onto it. So uh, Tom has um, happily done it for me. So all, the equipment's actually not that technical, but it is for me. Um, and, and what scares me about doing it as well is if I'm about to go live or do something and it doesn't work or something messes up live, I know podcasts aren't live and also don't want to waste my time. So I asked, uh, I think it was Tom, to put me a little checklist together of what to do. And he laminated it for me and he put it on my desk when oh. we had the we had the Zoom H4n back then, didn't mm -hmm. we? The big one, yeah, yeah. So I, I, Tom and I are probably going to argue about this. So um, I pressed record and did the whole podcast and boshed it out, 30 minutes, almost to the letter, bang, perfect. And then the, the record button was still flashing. Because you have to press the record button twice on the Zoom H4M. Now, of course, Tom would say it said on the checklist you have to press it twice. But who has to press a record button twice? So, yeah. So, yeah, my first episode never happened. There you go. What was it about? I don't know, because it never happened. <laughs> we don't remember. Actually, I know what the first episode is. It's how to do more of what you love. Um, and that was probably the third or fourth take. And annoyingly, the best ones mm. are always the ones that you fuck up. Yeah. You know, mm. like, oh, that would have been great. Or, or, or I, we have the Zoom H1 now, don't we? We do. The, the, the mobile one. And that's really great because you can carry it with you. And then if you think, oh, I might have an interesting conversation or something interesting might happen, you can just stick it on and capture those real moments. You think it's kind of crazy when we started this four years ago, we went from zero and to where we are now, or, you know, almost 500 episodes millions of downloads you want to tell me about that journey and how we've grown and scaled it to what we are we literally came from nothing to yeah. where we are yeah well we started with nothing which is what you do when you start something um i suppose i already had some followers so we were mm. able to promote it a bit from um, our email database and social media but it's not that easy to force growth on a podcast no because you're still we're still educating a lot most of the country to listen to a podcast i think it's something like 
not even 20% of the UK yet listen to a podcast. I think America, it's like 40%. Um, so yeah, it's been great. It's just, for me, I like, I like having something that we, you can grow, but I also like it to be quite fluid and organic. Like I like some of the left field guests we've got, David Icke, Katie Hopkins, Jake Wood, Kevin Clifton, you know, not conventional business owners and entrepreneurs. We've also done billionaires. Yep. And we've also done um, people on Dragon's Den, but they would be the ones that you would perceive would be normal for a podcast about yeah. a genre. But I, I've enjoyed experimenting and breaking out from the genre occasionally and then going back into the genre. Um, yeah, I mean, on the one hand, I wouldn't have expected it to be as successful as it is. But then on the other hand, I've always got big grand plans there was a part of me that thinks that anything I am going to get into, I might as well do something that could be big. Otherwise, what's the point in doing it? Um, so I don't know if that answers your question, but that's the answer to your question. Yeah. Mm. Now, we've got some funny stories along the way. When you've been doing this for as long as we have, you know, there's going to be some interesting things. Some things that don't go to plan and some things that, for whatever reason, did, but still yeah. kind of funny. So let's talk about some of those interesting stories. The first one that comes to mind was Francois Bonamias, yeah. the CEO of Odomars Piguet. That was a whole journey and a story. In yeah, so that wasn't a explain... funny story. That was well, it is now. <laughs> it is now. Yeah. But... That was a, a heart attack moment for me. So Francois didn't want to do video, only mm. audio. So you flew over to Zurich? Yeah, we flew over yeah. to the, at the um, headquarters at AP. Uh, and I took Tom with me. Yeah. And Tom took, I think he took a camera like this. Yeah and our podcast equipment uh, and when we got there and it was all set up and I, I always like setting up before so I suppose in the early days we just go there and set up but you guys now always come down an hour or two before get yeah. set up before the guest there because if you you're with your guest and then you're still trying to set up for ages it's a bit embarrassing it's a bit awkward it can interrupt the initial rapport um, but Tom was just trying to set up all the equipment and he couldn't get it set up at all I think it was something to do with the voltage, wasn't it, from yeah. the power, mm. uh, and basically that none of the equipment worked. And what did, how did he record it in the end? He had microphones on the camera, yeah. luckily, and he managed to record the podcast right. that so, way. But so basically he used a video camera, yeah. but he didn't use, produce a video. <laughs> no, produce, the video. So imagine the there with the, the CEO of AP, my favourite watch brand, one of the biggest brands in the world. It's quite a, got quite a presence, and we're there with a poxy video camera in the middle, Tom faffing around for about four minutes, going, oh, I'll be ready in a minute, oh, I'll be ready, oh, I don't know. And in the end, having to just talk to a camera, but not the lens, the actual microphone. But our next trip to Switzerland wasn't, you know, a complete success as well. Me and you went on that when we went and interviewed uh, Martin Fry, was it? Yeah. Yeah. The interview itself was great, but it was after what fucked up. Again, I'll let you explain. Yeah, that. No, I think you should explain because this is more your pain than my pain. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we went back and interviewed Martin Fry, who's um, the co-founder of Urwerk, another one of my favourite watch brands. The interview was actually really good, Very wasn't good. it? We yeah. really enjoyed I it. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, and, but we had problems getting back. Okay. You should tell this. Okay, so we got to Heathrow and we flew to Zurich. Everything fine. So we had all our equipment. What we have here, because we learned from our mistake, do not take stuff that you have to plug in you know, so when you say look what we have here, let me just show everything you. here. Yeah, you have so all the got kit. All. all the kit. It's all wireless. Everything here is wireless. Nothing is plugged into anything. The lights, the cameras, the say audio. Hi, Hello. Say hi, Bella. Nothing we have here requires to be plugged into a mains. So we thought we aren't going to have the voltage problem. Brilliant. So everything here. So we thought you'd learn from. We had so many batteries, right, yeah. and camera stuff. We shipped it to Zurich. Heathrow didn't get here. Cool. 
Uh, so we picked up the equipment, we went and did the interview. Sorry. Oh, wrong, what are you doing? <laughs> Are they still with us? Are they yeah. still with us? Yeah. yeah. So we got to Zurich, picked up our equipment. Way, you look a lot younger when you shave your beard. I know, I know. It is good. Who's the 15 year old <laughs> yeah. apprentice we've got? There you go. Clean shave. <laughs> the haircut as well. Anyway. So we've got to. Who do you think takes longer to do their hair out of Kieran and Harry? I vote Harry. Definitely. No way, mate. Honestly, mate, honestly, because I don't think you tell the truth. How long does it do you take on your hair? Literally 10 minutes. No! Just so all it out of the shower, blow dry, bit of product, done. Two second job. I just get out of the shower. I've had yeah, this. Yeah, I've, had, even dry it. <laughs> I've started my hair for years, so like, I'm, I'm there. I don't believe him. Anyway, sorry. So we got to the interview, we did the interview with Martin. He was a fucking great guy. I really yeah, enjoyed the interview. Martin was Really, really great guy. Anyway, so we flew back and we're waiting in Heathrow and we're waiting for like an hour and a half. And we're like, where, where are our bags? Where are our bags? Anyway, we finally get our bags back. I pick them up. And I'm like, oh, something's not right here. These are light. I open it up. And there's just a letter in German translated into English. <laughs> we have taken the more, they belong to us now. Ha <laughs> And then it, it conspired. Is that, talk, mate? that is. Yeah. It uh, conspired that the Swiss uh, confiscated all our camera equipment. Yeah. Thousands and thousands of pounds due to safety regulations due to the amount of batteries. Yeah. So it was going to cost us to ship the stuff via them. Something like 10 grand to get all the stuff back. It was way more what the... So did we ever get it back? We, we, did, we did, but we weren't going to pay more from what the products that we have are worth. Yeah. So we had to send Bella, who's kindly over there behind the camera. She had to go and liaise with the guys to have it shipped back. I so remember that. Yeah. We actually had to send a member of staff, and it was cheaper, to fly them to another country so you flew, to get the stuff that back. That is mental. You flew over there to get them, to bring yeah. them back. Yeah, she shipped them back. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, you know, what Catherine, our MD, was not very happy no. with that day. No, she no. wasn't. Um, there was another moment, Harry, wasn't there? So I think if Harry's got one famous moment on the podcast, my most embarrassing moment, by the way, threw me under the bus. So we went to interview Theo Pafini. Oh, yeah, this is good. Yeah. Now, I'd only been on the job a month. <laughs> Now, when you get a dragon, obviously a dragon's a big deal, and Theo Pafitis would want for ages, and we'd spent ages trying to get him, and Theo mm. is a big deal, uh, and we got there in good time, didn't we, Kieran? Yeah, we got there nice and early. We were waiting in the meeting room. <laughs> we were having a chat, yeah. having a coffee. Waiting for all the cameras and all the equipment to Ooh, turn up. Yeah. Bit, bit rare for us to turn up before. Very rare. Yeah. In fact, unheard of. Yeah, yeah. So tell us what happened there then, Harry. In fact, very worrying. Can I defend myself? There's no defending yourself. Tell us what happened first. I mistakenly, due to unforeseen circumstances, went to the wrong building 10 miles away. And it's not just 10 miles away, 10 miles in London away. away. Which is like, so basically two hours away. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. So we had to record a podcast with a dragon worth hundreds of millions <laughs> with a couple of poxy iPhones. With a couple of iPhones. Yeah, we managed to get a couple of... Uh, we had, I had the, the Zoom H1. You did, luckily I mean, you had that mic. We mic'd him up in the Zoom H1, um, which I always keep in my bag, and just show everyone. Yep. Um, this is correct. By the way, if you're into podcasting or if you're into just content or anything like that, this little Zoom H1, what are they, 80 quid? Yeah. Not even, so I always have this with me. Um, so we had this, uh, and so Theo mics it up. Yeah, he had it on. Talk, we used, did you take the audio out of the iPhone? 
Yeah, I had to use both, yeah. and then you and you and mix them together. Mix yeah. them together. We got two iPhones on two tripods, one angled at you, one angled at Theo, like we would have with the actual cameras. Just and so we cute. just went off of that. So like, you know, what I love about working with you guys is we have all the equipment. We're very professional. There's a team. When we turn yeah. up, a lot of I mean, like when we interviewed Reggie in here, mm. it's like bloody hell, you guys have got a full team. This is really professional. And he's in film. Yeah, so he so knows. He makes documentaries, so this, yeah, that's what we want to be. We want to be professional. We want to be slick. High production and then we're value. Talking, oh, oh, Theo, Theo, put that on. Oh, we just, yeah. Let me just get your chair so, so I can stick I a tripod on top of it. I apologise to the fans and to Rob and to Kieran and everyone. I, yeah, I made you I, do the intro to that episode, didn't I? <laughs> You know what? It's probably the most humiliating moment of my entire career. I'd be interested to know if anyone actually noticed the video quality on YouTube, though. Well, yeah, well, there's only one camera. Yeah. Yeah. And what about the audio quality? Do you think people would have noticed that? I did a better job salvaging that than I did the uh, Francois Benamy. Really? I can yeah. imagine you did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I want to say, look, thank you, that. Kieran. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't have a job, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, thank it's you. all right. We thought on our feet that day. Thank you. Yeah. That was not a fun day. Don't no. worry about it. No. Cool. So, good. what about um, both of you? Have you got any best moments, worst moments, best guests, weird guests, anything like that? Best guest for me, hundred percent, was David Goggins. Yeah. Is is that Just because of your affinity of fitness? Of fitness. Yeah. I think the more I looked into him, obviously, the more I fanboyed over him. But <laughs> the actual interview itself. That's what he calls it fanboy. Yeah, yeah, fanboying. The actual interview itself, when we all sat in that room, and it was me, you, Harry, and Ben and you were interviewing Goggins, and when he walked out, we all looked at each other and we just went, punk, wow. Yeah, yeah, that's a good me measure of, ha of the episode. When they leave, we all look at each other as kind of like a, um, an unspoken reaction initially. And I always yeah. know when the guys have thought it's great or not, because if it's not in their world, in their view being great, they're kind of like, right, thanks, nice. But if it has been great, everyone sort of looks at each other and just goes, Whoa, and I think we had that, we had that David with David Icke, didn't we? Because it was just, we just, yeah. it was just so intense, and it was a massive monologue. Um, I mean, I could have left for three hours and come back, and it had still been going. <laughs> and the whole trip of going to was it Jersey? No, no, Isle no Jersey, Wye. Isle of Wight. That was it. Um, we definitely had it with David Goggins. Like when when he yeah. walked out, we were like that. I was, was like, that's gold. Epic. That was gold. I'd listen. I'd listen um, to that a few times over yeah. and over. Uh, and um, definitely Katie Hopkins. We had that, didn't we? Because yeah. I think yeah. we knew that that was going to cause a bit of a stir. We didn't do it to cause a stir. We did no. it for um, reinventing our genre. We did um, not realise the reaction that was going to get. Yeah. That I mean, three thousand six hundred mm. comments in one of our Facebook groups, The Disruptive Entrepreneur, yep. just on the um, little live stream we did before, not even on the full episode. No. It went absolutely well. So your favorite was David Goggins? 100%. Why? Hands down. It's the things he said in there, like the motivational, like um, don't hit the snooze button. You'd have to watch the episode if you want to get everything out of it. But that stuff I took away from that episode and then put into like my daily routine. Yeah. And it's just like, he immediately, I just thought, I'm gonna go out running. Yeah. <laughs> I wanna run. He does have that effect on you being around him yeah. where it just makes you want to hustle more and put a little bit more effort in and yeah. commit a bit more. I was like, why am I moaning about stuff when yeah. he's out there running for four yeah. hours, stretching for three hours? It was intense, mm. wasn't it? Yeah. Like, I, I mean, if you watch the interview, I think it's really good because we got towards the end. You could definitely see we got, we, we got some warmth out of him, and yeah. quite a few people on the YouTube channel have said that's the best interview they've ever seen with him. 
Um, but at the start, I was like, oh, do you like doing these kind of uh, interviews? with like, nope. But he really took to no. you, didn't he? Yeah, I think he did after a while. But I think especially... when I'm talking about my world records. Yes. Your favourite guest, Harry? Pound for pound, no pun intended, Barry Hearn. Hey, Barry Hearn. Barry, I, I, what I, a man. Yeah. What geezer. Yeah. I reckon if, if you look at holistically everything, knowledge that he gives, charisma, how he interacted with us, mm -hmm. um, charm, mm. stories, inspiration, I'd have to agree, Barry Hearn. Yeah. And that was a bit of a debacle. They didn't let us film when we were no. remember. Yeah, they um, yeah, didn't have permission, waited for hours, didn't get sign-off. I mean, imagine if you're in film and TV, this stuff mm. must happen all the yeah. time. Yeah. Mm. In the end, we just went into the cafe on the side, didn't we? Yeah. We kind of got away with it. Um, it yeah. became a story in the edit, didn't it? Yeah. Almost. I mean, that's what we've tried to do. Mm. We, mm. What we've always tried to do is bring in the... If there's mess ups before, if there's conversations before, if there's things that happen after, we try and bring that story into the podcast, make it a little bit more than just content in it and um, an episode, but maybe more of a story. And it's almost like you're behind the scenes with us, mm, yeah. coming along the journey with us. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I mean, the two guys I would say, are, I'd have to say that Kevin Clifton and Jade Wood. For years, people have been asking me where I buy my watches. Many of you may know I'm a watch collector, I'm a watch investor, and those as an asset class have done me very well in the last 15 years. I have never shared where I source my watches from or my watch dealer until now. My watch dealer used to be a professional footballer for Manchester United, and he formed a watch brand called Broadwalk, and he sources the higher-end brands like Rolex, Audemars Piguet, Patek Philippe and Richard Mille. I trust him, I've used him for many years, and recently we've done a partnership. Hence, I'm inviting you, if you want to start investing in watches and protect your money from the banks and inflation, to check out Broadwalk. That's B-R-O-A-D-W-A-L-K. And the website is broadwalkgroup.com. The email is sales at broadwalkgroup.com. And please don't share this, but his number is 07496. 878153. Obviously, only message him if you're serious about buying and investing in the higher end watches. People have been asking me for years, and for the first time ever, you can get access to my watch team. Mm. Uh, they're probably the two where initially I thought, is this on concept? You know, Jake Wood's on EastEnders, but actually, we've become very, very good friends with those guys. Um, and so for me, they were two really big, just really, I guess, great surprises. Hmm. You remember the Jordan Peterson interview? Yeah. We've got quite a few one, of that kind one, of, yeah. Another one, you've had, a, you've had quite a lot of shit actually. <laughs> so Harry basically got quarantined um, as if he had brought some disease back from another world. Um, because they wouldn't let him in the main building and they stuck you in some tiny yeah. building, didn't they? I did, like a whole time. Room used to shave my head so I think when they saw me they were like who the fuck is this yeah, guy this and they locked me away yeah yeah I mean, hair they locked me away yeah. for an hour and a half yeah and so it, so we had an hour for that interview normally you can nick a bit more time uh, and so we were we, they didn't let you in until when the interview was about to start yeah exactly so what we got 15-20 minutes of that cut mm -hmm. um, and then someone grabbed Jordan because we did it at Penguin yeah. um, at the publishing house and someone grabbed him and spent loads of time with him. We only got about 35, 40 minutes with him. I was a bit annoyed by that. So it put me a bit off at the start. 
because I felt like, well, you know, this is the time that we've got. Uh, and yeah, in the end, his, his agent just came in and said, right, that's it, over. And you yeah. left that in the edit, didn't you? We did. So they could see that it wasn't us that cut it short. It was, for me, it's always going to be the most frustrating interview we've ever done because we, just, we were just we, getting rapport and it was just opening him up. Jordan yeah. was really hot in the news at the time, right? And yeah. he was being torn apart by a lot of people. So there was the kind of thing at the start where he was trying to figure you out and you were trying to figure him out. And when you get through that, you, you then get to the real good golden stuff. And yeah. just just as we were about to, okay, we're going to go up a gear now. Yeah. They took him away. Yeah. Oh, man. I know. That's I know. Frustrating. I felt like it, a lot of people gave me a lot of good feedback about that. Mm. And what a lot of people said was they were really happy that um, we talked about business and entrepreneurship because they'd never heard him talk about that before. But that still didn't take away from me the frustration of... Because I've listened to a lot of Jordan Peterson's content mm. and he does sometimes have a wall and I felt like I was just getting through it. Kieran, um, so you said David Goggins. Mm. We're both Barry Hearn. Yeah. And that's really hard for me because I had so many great guests. And I've got a lot of them who I'm fans of, like John Barnes or oh. Francois Benemias. I wish I was there for the Dorian Yates interview. Oh, that well. was the hardest one for me. Hardest and one. And you got a lot of shit for that. Why hardest was that hard one. for you? Because one, I wasn't that experienced as an interviewer. Yeah. I was, it was fairly early on. Okay. And I mean, I've done... 11, 1200 public speeches. Yeah. So you would maybe forgive me for assuming that I'd, I'd be quite confident oh, interviewing. Definitely. Because I've done so many speeches. Yeah. But actually interviewing is really different from public speaking. And we got there, it, it, we were at his gym. So it's, it's a big gym, but it's yeah. quite echoey, quite a daunting place. It's very much like hardcore machines. They're intimidating. Quite intimidating. Spit and sawdust. Exactly. Sweat and blood. Yeah, yeah. That kind of, and he wants it like that, you can yeah. see. Nitty gritty. And, and I immediately met him, but he was quite imposing. I wouldn't necessarily say cold, because I just think it's him. He wasn't overtly cold, but he like, yeah. shook his hand, went and sat down, waiting around, and it was just all a bit imposing. And yeah, I, I didn't get a lot of natural warmth and rapport early. And, and sometimes that makes you feel more comfortable. Yeah. Now, Jake Wood said to me, he likes that. And he thinks that makes an interesting episode. So he doesn't talk to him before at all. He just goes straight in. Nice. He likes that awkwardness, that trying to figure each other yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. And he just likes that immediate immediacy of it. Yeah. Whereas... I found when you have a chat with them before and there's a bit more rapport, you can often go to places um, that maybe you wouldn't have gone. Yeah, and talk about things maybe they wouldn't want to talk yeah, about. and that would be the assumption, although Jake reckons when you're going cold, especially when you do it over phone or Skype, they can often be more honest. So we should have to test that. Yeah. But yeah, also like with Dorian, he speaks, he pauses, yeah. he speaks again, he pauses. Oh. So I thought he finished and I'm starting to go in with the next question. And then he's starting again because he hasn't finished. And there was a few times when we're talking over each other a bit. Right. And that's my bad because I'm the interviewer. It's not his bad. It's my bad. But I just wasn't experienced enough to sense when he'd finished. And also because I was quite nervous and I've got my iPad there and I don't want a really awkward pause. And I don't want him looking at me and me going, right. Because yeah, for me, if someone's scroll, looking scroll. at me, yeah, if someone's looking at me, I should be looking at them. Yeah. Not, because it just breaks. Definitely. So yeah, I, I, for me, that was the hardest one I did. So a few more little uh, funny stories and we'll move on to the next section. Actually, before we do that, actually, have you got a worst? Have you got a least favorite? My least what, favorite. Yeah. Mm. I do. Is it my place to say? 
and name that person? Well, I mean, look, well, the best <laughs> might be 10 yes. and the least good might be seven. Might not be zero. This is your opinion. We're not yeah. criticizing anyone. Uh, um, okay. I don't mean any offense. No, the person's watching. Like, and it might just be your Don't apologize. Yeah. Just say it. Uh, Beth Tweddle, one of the first interviews you did, it was oh. really stale, man. Like, I could tell you were trying, like, but I don't know, maybe she just wasn't having a good day or something. It was a lot of one word answers. The rapport wasn't there between you two. And it was just kind of I'm like, glad how you made it. Like, maybe I was having yeah. a bad day and blame me. And <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. yeah. It, it, just, it, was, it was an interview where I was like, it, it, this is just fine. And it's like, since then, if anything is not a nine out of 10 for us, yeah. for me, it's just not good enough. Yeah, I agree. And that was just a very average interview. It was, it was just. It didn't blow me away. But mm. that's not for your fault or her fault. It's lo loads of different circumstances. We were a really young podcast at the time. You'd only done a few interviews. Yeah. So, yeah. I'd say her. Yeah. Um, so I remember that one clearly. And I think it was probably a combination of I didn't necessarily have a genuine interest in her field. Because when I have a genuine, genuine interest in their field, it makes it a lot better. Mm -hmm. One, I think two... I couldn't quite create a rapport or get an opening to open it all out. And that might have been due to my ex lack of experience. Yeah, I think it was just a little bit, question, answer, question, yeah. answer, yeah. question, answer. And my job, I suppose, is to, sometimes I go question, and then we're 45 minutes in, yeah. and I haven't even looked at the second question yet. Like when I interviewed Ben Askren, mm -hmm. um, just this week, the UFC fighter, Holds a record for the, the quickest ever knockout, but he got knocked but out. He got knocked out. Um, like he said at the start, oh, I really love your concept, Rob, of disruption. I'm really into that. And I've got business partners who are into that. And I just went with that as the first question because he was interested yeah. in it. And it wasn't even a question on the iPad. And we were, and then I wrote notes and got him to expand on things he said. And we were 40 minutes in. No, not quite because it was 45 minute podcast. Maybe 20 minutes in, hadn't even asked a question. So I've got more experience now to know where to take it. And if it had been asked a question, got an answer, after question, got an answer, after question, got an answer, I'd have gone, gone, gone until I got an opening where you've given me a bit more, tell me about that. Yeah. Tell me about that. And, let, and then, and I felt like that a bit with Jordan. I felt that I got some fairly standard or, you know, answers just with a bit of a wall there. And I just started to get in and some rapport, gain his trust, and then, and then we were over. So that was a bit annoying. Um, have you got a least favourite one, Kieran? Least favourite for me, but a least favourite moment, which yeah, do it. probably <laughs> the Katie Hopkins interview, where mid-interview she decided to turn to me and ask me a rather explicit question. Oh, what did she ask? Well, you were talking about, I don't even know how you got onto it, about moist bits, and then she goes, <laughs> oh... I can't help but look at you. Well, I think about moist bits. And there's me like bright red, not knowing what to do. <laughs> Just see me reach for like this water bottle, like laughing at the time I had no fucking idea what she to say. She was flirty as heck, wasn't she? Yeah, she really liked you as well. Yeah, but she also liked you. She yeah. definitely liked you. Yeah, that took me a bit by surprise. Yeah. I, I, I wonder if it was a bit of clever ways to just either intentional or unconscious to take the heat away yes. from... Because I felt like I pushed a few times on things like whether she should do a podcast and mm -hmm. um, does she use her knowledge of being controversial as a way to leverage media and things like that. And there were a few questions I, I pushed and I pushed and I pushed. I didn't quite get it. Yeah. I think she used a bit of humour, a bit Definitely. of flirting, a bit of uh, maybe oversharing of phallic 
um, <laughs> Balak information. Yeah, yeah. To, to to take me away from that. She was quite slippery. She was. Um, she was very good. And, and, and that's not a a judgment. That was just that was the most lucid, organic, like random interview I think we've done. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, because I don't have um, a least favourite, but I have that least favourite moment, yeah. I'd say. I haven't been on the team long enough. Yeah. They've all been superb over the last six months. Yeah. Is that just a PR thing you say? It's just like, <laughs> no, not you value your job. I, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're allowed to say, I think it's good to be honest. Remember the gaffe yeah. we had with Pure Evil, uh, Charles Edwards? Should I remind you with that one, if you don't remember? I really enjoyed interviewing Charlie. No, I don't remember the okay, no. so. One of your old PAs, who will remain nameless, never told the video team about the interview. So you arrived at the um, uh, uh, Charlie. I uh, remember because it cost me five grand <laughs> in buying the car. Yeah, we no, know it did it really. It, it was from like you or the, uh, your old PA. It was like, so you go and doing this interview, and I'm like, sorry, what? And so I had to get in the car, drive as fast as I can all the way down to London yeah. with no time to prep. You yeah. had to stall him and spend what? thousands of pounds yeah. on his art. Spend five grand on three original pieces. Did you, you bought his art? Yeah. No way. Yeah, he was like, oh, you can do this again, Rob. This is really good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I do remember that now. Yeah, he was a really, um, really honest guy, really nice guy. He thought his daughter passed away. Um, oh, really? Just oh. imagine oh. that. I mean, that would just be the worst thing ever. Yeah, so Kieran, uh, I know you've got more stuff, but yeah. Um, yeah. you joined us more recently. Yep. And you came from a PT, didn't you, at Virgin? Is that right, Virgin? Yeah, Active? yeah, I was fitness manager at Virgin. So, Active. so you've taken a very different career path. Yeah. Obviously, we hired you because you've got skills on social media. You do your own Instagram, so you, you're not just someone who doesn't do it. What have, what have your thoughts been on the journey of being involved in the podcast and? Yeah, just talk about it. What, what are your thoughts of it? It's been good. It's been very different. So like, different obviously, to different to obviously previous roles in social media I've had. So working with uh, athletes and people like that to come to doing a podcast and focusing predominantly around growing social channels, which I love, don't get me wrong, but it is very different. Um, what's exciting though is how scalable it is like your own personal brand and everything we have underneath that personal brand like there is no ceiling so you have the podcast then we have like the agency then we have a podcast agency social media agency because it all links in YouTube channel that we put these videos YouTube on. channel yeah. and it helps me a lot with my job and creating content podcasting has changed your life Rob and you've met some really cool people through podcasting you've had you know it's because of podcasts you became good friends with Kevin Clifton and Jake Wood. You went and had sushi with Daley Thompson because of podcasting. Tell us some we've got um, we've got David McCall, the billionaire, coming back. We're taking oh, him out Oh Lawrence. yeah, that's next week, isn't it? Friends with billionaires. That's what, I mean. What the podcast has it has changed my life. Mm. So um, what? Let's say five years ago. Let's say three years ago. Um, I I've been running my company, Progressive Property, for a decade. It was the biggest property trading company in the UK. And I'd get recognized on the street or in an airport twice a year for having the biggest company in the UK in its space. Within probably one year of doing my podcast, I started getting recognized 50 times a year. Um, even though it's a podcast, they can't see you. Now I get recognized everywhere I go because of the podcast. Airports, 
on the train, yep. um, everywhere. Out and about. Yeah. Out oh my about. God, it's Rob Moore. Yeah. People literally, I'm, I, I, I do my, these walking meditations around where I live and I'll walk and people will come out of their house and start, stop me and start talking to me, wow. put, put their phone in front of my face with my Facebook page um, that they follow and listen to. How do I join your supporters? Yeah. So that's definitely been one change where it's been really good for the exposure for my brand. Obviously we're in what, 192, 194 a countries, yeah. a lot of countries. So it's going to be the, the spearhead of getting us global, becoming really good friends with a lot of like very powerful and influential people and celebrities. Uh, and I, it's, for me, it's not about being friends with celebrities. That's kind of cool. But I want to be friends with really interesting people who've done interesting yeah. shit. And it just so happens that celebrities usually are interesting people and have usually done interesting shit. Definitely. Um, so we've got some of them as our clients on the agency and we'll definitely push that. Um, it's good because it forces me to put more content out there. Now, it's pretty good and easy. It's pretty easy for me to do a piece of content a day now. But with doing up in the YouTube game and doing the podcast, it kind of forces me to up that game of content. I mean, we're at three a, month, three a week now, aren't we, on the yeah. Disruptive Entrepreneur? Um, and by the way, um, a lot of people worry or think that you need to produce really good quality content. Yes, you do, but quality can be a good fucking rant. And actually, my rants work better not in the studio. They work better going, hi, it's Robin, this is pissing me off, Rah! for like five <laughs> minutes. And Harry, you've seen the data. The rants are some of the best downloaded podcasts. Mm. So good quality content isn't just HD or f what's the new thing, 4K. 4K. It's not, yes, that's, that is important. And for YouTube, that is important. Yeah. And, and that will make a difference on the TikTok and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but good content is also... You know, short, punchy, real, behind the scenes. Relatable. Yeah, relatable. So um, I suppose my podcast has helped me put higher volume of content out there. Uh, and definitely with the algorithms, you're rewarded for quantity as well as quality. Do enjoy ventures. We've just started running, uh, testing running some ads, haven't we? Because, yeah. I mean, I always said, no, I initially said, I'm not going to run ads. For years. Then I said, for years, yeah. Then I said, I don't run ads. Then I said, I'll never say never. And then I said, if Alexander McQueen or Odomar's PGA yeah, come to me and said, Rob, will you run ads and we'll pay you in watches and clothes? I would definitely run ads for those. Just telling you, Francois, Odomar's PGA, I will endorse you. I'm four half their bloody watches anyway. Um, McQueen, I'll, I'll be your... Poster boy. Yeah. Am I good looking enough? Um, so don't, you don't have to answer that, don't worry. Um, but I wanted to test Blinkist because I thought, you know what, I like what they do. And I mean, my MD said, have you done the maths on what you can earn? Mm. It's like mm. hundreds of thousands of pounds, which I probably won't spend. I'd probably put, put it back into the art form. Yeah. So we can have 4K Re cameras. Reinvest. So yeah, so we can go abroad. I want to go to America and do a podcast tour. Want to hire a Winnebago, yes. all of us get in there and just drive across America. Want to brick America. <laughs> and there's so many. Blood, blood, you, blood. Are you old enough to, are you young yeah, enough to? Yeah, yeah, Craig David, yeah. yeah. Brick America. Um, so I'd love to do that. And that's all going to cut that. I mean, this podcast costs a lot of money to do. What are these cameras? Thousands of five hundred Yeah. And, and if I take all you out to burger and lobster now, which I am, that's yeah. going to cost me three, four hundred quid. Five. Um, that's just my bill. Yeah. Six, yeah. seven. That's just your bill. <laughs> I'm really hungry. Yeah. So the, the train, 
um, there and back. It's probably cost a grand, mm. not including all the hardware. So yeah, it costs. So I'm a, I'm a bit looser now at, on running ads, but I'll put it, put it back into the art form. We spoke about it before, but Katie Hopkins. Now that is something, and I've never seen, I've, we've done a hundred interviews. Over 400 episodes. By the way, she's not the most controversial guest we've ever had. John McAfee is the most controversial guest we've ever had. Even people in our office who don't listen to our podcast that much, it divided the whole. I know. It It divided our whole people. My wife listened to it, and my wife doesn't listen to all of our most of our podcasts. Do you think we made the right decision in interviewing Katie Hopkins? Yes. Why? Because it's disruptive. It's not called the comfortable entrepreneur. It's not called the safe entrepreneur. It's called the disruptive entrepreneur. But people will hate you for interviewing her now. Um, people hate me for my face. True. Yeah. Uh, I, I've got a ginger beard. So, you know, when the ginger hair started coming out, I had to take abuse. Um, I don't, yeah, look. Will I accept a few haters or a few people that were fans becoming haters? I mean, were they really fans if then they turn? Mm. Um, if I could get a lot more reach and test our genre and test our own concept yeah. and challenge ourselves. Now, by the way, I wasn't promoting her views. I wasn't, I didn't even ask about any of the, the controversial stuff she said. I wanted to find out how she monetizes her business. I wanted to know what it's like to be so hated. And I wanted to ask questions that would help entrepreneurs. And I think that's what I did. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a fair thing to say. Yeah. yeah. We've got big numbers on those downloads and subscribers, yeah. YouTube. Well, actually, yeah. yeah it went wild. It went wild. Yeah, it did. And it, this is a relevant thing to talk about. The podcast now is not just a podcast. We live stream it. We do YouTube videos. Sometimes the podcast gets more downloads than the videos gets views. Yeah. Sometimes, like David Goggins, he's on 165,000 views, I think, and that's more than the downloads. David Icke's at 230,000 mm. views on YouTube, which is more than the, um, the YouTube. Audio, yeah. But then Piers Linney is our highest downloaded podcast of the month, wow. and that's it's more than the YouTube. Yeah. yeah, so sometimes the yeah. podcast gets more listens, and sometimes the YouTube gets more downloads. So. That's why on the guest interviews, we record them and we, we, so it's not really just a podcast anymore. It's like, it's our media channel. Yeah. Podcast, YouTube, Facebook, TikTok maybe. TikTok, yeah, Yeah, it's on the up. Rob, what is your one defining moment of your podcasting career? It's your interpretation, a high, a low, something good, bad, something that you believe defined your podcasting career so far. Or changed it. I don't think I can answer one single thing, so I think I can summarise it with a few things. I think that it's helped me become a better interviewer, uh, and I think that that's therefore given me personal growth. I think that we are disrupting the niche because this is an entrepreneur's podcast that interviews way more than just your bog-standard entrepreneurs. Yes. And we don't normally get the journeymen who do the circuit. I think it's forced me to get uncomfortable I, I, there's a guy who we don't name for many reasons, but he's as much of the team member as we are. He's a legend. Uh, he's a legend. He's a legend. And he's a massive part of the team. And sometimes he'll get a guest. And sometimes he'll pretend to be me on social media. Well, a long time. <laughs> and he goes and he gets a guest. <laughs> and, and I'm like, mm, I'm not sure. Mm, I'm not sure. Mm, I'm not sure. And, and most of the time now, I will take his word for it and yeah. I will do it. So he's got Kane. 
massive wrestler. wrestler. Now, yeah. I'm not a wrestling, wrestling fan, but he's also um, the mayor of his Is city. Yeah. <laughs> he's a big business guy. He got so, Jake Wood, and now like, look at all the stuff. We, yeah. we hosted Jake Wood's we anniversary do. podcast. We love Jake Wood. Yeah, yeah, really good friends with him. I'm going out for dinner with him again in a couple of weeks' time. I went to his charity ball. I'm going to his, one of his best friends, um, Kim Wilde's brother, going to his charity ball. So being open-minded to disrupt your own genre and yourself and get uncomfortable and do things you wouldn't normally do and not just fit in this like wooden box of a niche, I think that is what you could define the Disruptive Entrepreneur podcast yeah. as. Almost to the point where I want to get rid of the word entrepreneur, just to call it disruptors. Yes. Um, but I'm not sure. We should think about it that. It touches so many different demographics. That's why. It's yeah. not just entrepreneurs. And being entrepreneurial, you can be, you guys are entrepreneurial, but you could say you're not the defined entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, Macy Williams is entrepreneurial. She yeah. set up her own company, but she, you know she's an actress. She was um, Arya Stark in Game of Thrones. So you can be entrepreneurial in uh, um, the uh, Ben Askren. He talked a lot about being an entrepreneur in his career beyond yeah. fighting. Got multiple businesses outside. Yeah. So I know that wasn't like a very simple answer, but that, that would be my answer to redefining a, a genre and disrupting yourself. You've mentioned it there a little bit, but when we first started, we were just a business podcast. It was just you ranting into your microphone, business tips, which yeah. is still is I still do a lot of that. But we've really diversified. It's a hybrid podcast. podcast. It's not just yeah. a business podcast anymore, like you said. It's diversified so, so much. Caffeine casts, rants, my content and interviews. It's a hybrid podcast. Mm. What made you get to that format where I'm doing my interviews on a Monday, rants on a Wednesday? Tests. But... As I said, the thing that I'm good at is trying new stuff. And that's also my downside because I try sometimes too much stuff. But yeah. we, we started actually with my 30 minute content. That's how we started. And Tom really wanted me to go 30 minute. He shouldn't have told me to do 30 minute. He should have told me to do something else. And then I might have done 30 minute. Because immediately as he tries to confine <laughs> me to hone you into something, I want to bust out of that. But I mean, he did a lot of research and he said that look, 30 minutes is the idle, the, the commute time. Yeah. Um, and actually, our shorter episodes often do get bigger downloads. And the longer ones, um, we, we've got the data that people don't often get through to the end. Um, so I started with a 30 minute. I always knew I wanted to do interviews, but I knew I wanted to build my own brand first. If I start with interviews straight away, then I'm positioning you, I'm positioning you, but what about me? So I did, I don't know, I can't remember, 20 episodes something like that before we did our first guest. Can't remember if it was Gerald or BJ Cunningham who was our first guest. I can't remember. It's BJ Cunningham. Was it? Yeah. Um, and then started introducing guests. So now we've got two formats, my content and then a guest. And then I came up with the concept of caffeine cast, which is more motivational or yeah. short. And then my caffeine cast, sometimes my motivation turns into rant. Uh, and then we came up with Rob, Rob France. What was that? Was that this? No, that sounded like a computer, but there's no computer. In that was this. I think it was that central console. Yeah. Oh, I think you've been kicking it. Like yeah. Um, so yeah, then we came, <laughs> up, with, we came up with rants. And we, we test them all. And actually all of our formats that we've introduced have stayed. Now, sometimes we don't always publish them. Like rants, we had a few months where we didn't publish any. Yeah. Um, yeah, and now we're pro the rants have gone so well, I want to keep them. Yeah. So now we've got three concepts a week. Mm. Nice. And it's, so it's like three podcasts in one. Yeah. Karen, what is it like working with Rob? Reveal the dirt. <laughs> 
I think I think you should be really honest here and not butter me up. I'm paying for burger and lobster anyway. So this could be like the last time anyone ever hears from me. Just to make you feel more comfortable, I know my strengths and weaknesses. So nothing you say is going to make me feel any different about my strengths and weaknesses. So uh, I think you should be honest um, because some people probably do want to know what it's like. And I know what you're like. You're a really nice guy. And you say lots of nice things. Don't try and burn me up. Um, <laughs> you're me up. No, but you are. I, I think you find it hard to be a critic. Yeah, I do. Because do you want to know the reason I find that hard? It's because of my competitive background and getting judged. And I find it difficult to put that onto other people because I know what it feels like. Yeah. So it's not nice, but I'll be as honest as I yeah, possibly can. Yeah, but like can. I've got pretty good self worth, and I know what yeah. I am, and I'm I'm also you got a good financial worth. So, yeah. Exactly. So <laughs> you can, you worry can, about you can criticize me. I haven't got as big of muscles as you, and I don't do my hair for you. You got a Lambo though. But I got <laughs> you got a Lamborghini. I've got so a Tinder and a fucking dish haircut. Dish it. <laughs> okay. So honest I'll opinion. I'll tell you what. Good. Hard. Good. Bad. Okay, good. good. I absolutely love what I do, social media. I wouldn't, I will never come out of the industry of social media and marketing now. I love that and I will do that until the day I probably die. And I do it for myself as well as you. Yeah. So I don't just stop when I'm with you. I then go home and then do it for myself. Yeah. The good, what I love about this job is how diverse it is. So like I will be doing something completely different on Monday to what I'll be doing on Tuesday to Wednesday to next week to next month to next year. Yeah. It changes. Um, and it can change upon what you're up to or how you're feeling or... <laughs> these guys know my highs and lows or what we're day. doing exactly like you have your coffee time that's a good time to get you yeah <laughs> end of the day maybe not so much yeah um bad bits i would say bad bits probably when we're not focused on one thing at once we like to achieve on everything before We've maybe mastered the one. Overwhelmed as fuck. Overwhelmed as fuck. Overwhelmed as fuck. So I'm fully self-aware that my strength and my weakness is that. Yeah. Because you like the diversity. Love that. Uh, we, we, we're in a lot of things, so it's exciting. You're never bored. No. But you're also never finished. That's the thing. And you can be in the middle of something and I'm demanding you to move into this. And in the middle of this and I'm demanding you to move onto this. And you've got three or four plates spinning. And my attention span's like 15 seconds, so I'll be like, wicked, yeah. and then get on with it. And I've really forgot, yeah. 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 I've forgot what I'm doing about a minute ago. But yeah, that's the thing. That, that is me, that is my head, that is how I live my life. Yeah. Uh, and when we, when we recruit people, we warn them heavily about that. Uh, and we basically say, um, look, warning, you'll have a lot of overwhelm. Oh, but I love variety, yeah, but you've never had variety <laughs> like this. Yeah. And we always put like a massive disclaimer in. I can see, like, I, I know you well enough now, and I, I look in your eyes and I'm like, yeah, Kieran's overwhelmed, bless him. I look in Nakash's eyes and I'm like, yeah, Nakash is overwhelmed right now. And I do back off you guys. It probably doesn't feel like it. Because um, I'm the sort of person that, like, I want you guys to really learn a lot and grow a lot and be able to forge a great career. And I know that's not giving you just not enough to do. It's giving you just too much to do. Yeah. If I give you just not enough to do, you're bored. You start looking for other things, getting distracted. If I give you just too much to do, either way, you've not, you're nearly there, but you're never quite there. Yeah. You learn new stuff, you grow, um, you, you probably work quicker. Yeah. But yeah, um, I mean, poor Tom, because Tom's been working with me mm. the longest. 
and I I put so much on Tom. I mean, he has to do. He has to like sync my phone, fix all my IT. <laughs> yeah, like, manage a whole team. Be my therapist. Yeah, man, manage the team. I mean, the innovation didn't. A department didn't exist when he started. So let me ask you this, Kieran, because you said you wanted to be in social media for the rest of your life, but what you didn't say is I want to be working with Rob for the rest of my life. And there was a definite tactical. Yeah. Well, so what would what would keep you in the team for as long as possible, and what would make you leave? Okay, burger and lobster once a week. Yeah. <laughs> for me, it's career progression. Yeah, that's why you left your last four that jobs. That is why I lost yeah. Yeah, my last four jobs yeah. I left. Is I need to be achieving and on to the next thing and achieving and on to the next thing and achieving and on to the next thing because that makes me have tremendous self-worth and knowing yeah. that I'm doing well. I like that challenge. Yeah. Um, so podcasts, YouTube, TikTok. Yep. All that. Instagram, yeah. LinkedIn. Dinners, dinners with billionaires. Dinners with billionaires. I'm just saying, remember so all this bad. shit. When someone tries to wave Poach a nice... Me. yeah. Yeah, don't worry. I'm, yeah, I, do. I make you both famous and then you fuck me off. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what I need to have to keep me somewhere. Yeah. But I'm here. Yeah. I've just passed my probation, actually. Congratulations. So that's part made of it. having this dinner to celebrate. There you Passing go. Break, Extra cocktail for me. Yeah. So congratulations. Thank you. That's good news. Um, but yeah, to keep, to have that, I, that's what I need. And now, do you think you're patient? Are you patient enough? I believe I'm my patience has grown and it's improved how long did you work at your last job for VA I worked there for two and a bit years so that was my longest yes yeah, so this was my job. one worry about me hiring you but what did I say in my interview well, do you, you remember I remember you I said why did you leave that job you in career progression why did you leave that job you in career progression yeah why did you leave that job you in career progression yeah and I, I admired that about you but that might like if there's, if, there's, if there's yeah if there's anything I was on the fence about with you it was like, okay, so um, he likes a fling, not a marriage. Well, yeah. <laughs> don't we all fucking yeah. know? Yeah. So um, it, time will be tell. My one fear is, yeah, that, that you um, decide one day that you've got better opportunities elsewhere. But then that's yeah. my fear with all of you guys. But then I have to keep feeding you, don't I? And giving yeah. you that career progression. But we keep it interesting. You check me on stage sometimes, which I now really enjoy. And I can see there's a career involved Get involved in, in podcast episodes. Get involved with podcast episodes. He's single, by the way, ladies. I am. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to die. Um, but yeah, that's what I like. Yeah. And I'm not going anywhere. Cool. I think we've got exciting times ahead. Same. If you're still with us in... Three, five, ten years, we're going places. Yeah. Go in places. And just gonna put out that I moved for career progression, but also financial progression as well. So basically you want me to pay you a lot more money <laughs> and you'll stay. Yeah. So well, basically I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> All right, noted. Noted. Cool. Harry, what about you and your um, sort of career? How's that developed for you and where do you want it to go? You can't leave, just saying that. When right. I first came here, you hired me just as a videographer, right? Come in here and do some videos. And mm. my progression has been, you know. So monumental <laughs> since then, being brought on to produce not just the podcast, but a lot of your content. Yeah. And that's something where I've seen, yeah, I've seen my uh, career progress quite a lot and I can still see it progressing so much further. There's so many, you know, avenues we can go from this within media. Yeah. I was always mm -hmm. just a video guy. That was like my background. But now I'm a media guy. Whatever yeah. media that is, social media, podcasts, videos. So that's something I really want to hone down. Yeah. Um, 
not just trying to blow smoke up your ass, but you are a really fun uh, person to work with. Thank you. And I've worked with a lot of entrepreneurs before. And honestly, a lot of them do not give a shit when it comes to their own personal brand, when it comes to creating content, and they see what I do is just so beneath them. But you're someone who is so on it, you want to be you know, the biggest podcaster, yeah. you want to be the biggest YouTuber, you want to get your yeah. content out there. And that's the type of person I want to work with, not someone who sees what we do as just some secondary shit and slacks it off. Yeah. This means a lot to you. And to work yeah. with someone who cares just as much as I do to progress this, that means a lot to me. We're on the same team. Yeah. Boom. Who can yeah. see the importance as much as we can yeah. see the importance. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, because I suppose a lot of more traditional or um, maybe older entrepreneurs, they just want to probably keep growing their business and doing the sales that they've always yeah. done. Because social media and the brand, the personal brand, the podcast, the YouTube channel, the books, all <coughs> this, it's a, quite a labour of love because yeah. you have to put a lot in unpaid up front. Like you write a book, it's six to 12 months. Mm. Yeah. All right, Russell Brand might get a massive advance, but most people don't get an advance. No. Um, you have to write the book. And even if you get an advance, you still got to write the book. Um, and of course, all the content is not paid. And even with us doing, I've probably done my building, building my personal brand properly for five years. And it's only in the latter stages we started turning on ads and mm -hmm. looking to monetize it. Yeah. Now I was in the fortunate position where I didn't need to because property's always looked after me. Um, but yeah, it is a labor of love. There's a lot, you have to put a lot out, but it pays you back yeah. when there's thousands of videos out there and lots of followers. Let me ask you one more thing, because for me, if I were to say the single best thing about the podcast is meeting really freaking cool, interesting people. Yeah. And like, let's be honest, could you meet David Goggins, Dorian Yates, you know, David Icke, um, all these world famous people we've met, billionaires, mm. um, dragons. How are you ever going to meet them? No, that's very true. All right, you might be able to pay for meeting greets, which might cost you thousands. <coughs> but you know, you've met some of your pretty much your heroes. Hundred percent through the podcast. Oh, fanboyed so yeah. hard over David Goggins. And you know, Harry and I are always like, isn't it interesting to see? how this person is, who we perceive in the media. Yeah, and what they're really See, like. One thing I'm always keen on is learning about someone from my own experience with them. Everyone's mm -hmm. got an opinion on a celebrity. Yeah. I don't like them because of this, I don't like them because of that. We don't fucking know. And I, I, what I think I'm quite good at is I will judge when I've sat down with them for 90 minutes. And people think they know what billionaires are like. They're greedy, they're capitalists, they hive off taxes, you know, this, that and the other. David McCourt was the opposite of that. The opposite of all of that. And unless you met him and sat with him for an hour and a half, you'd never have known. Yeah, he was the loveliest man. Mm. Like he had the most time for anyone. And he asked you so many questions, even past him. Oh, he was, he wanted to learn about everything we were doing. He yeah. didn't assume because he's a billionaire and I'm not, that he couldn't learn from what we were doing. No. I mean, you have quite a good relationship with him now, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, we flirt over Instagram. Yeah, I see it all the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because you've got login to all my social media. That is worrying, you know. Yeah. But luckily, I'm quite trustworthy. Wait a minute, because you can see messages like this. Let me see, I've saved this. Well, those nudes. I am. Um, <laughs> I've had a few. I've, I have had a few um, where people have sort of sent me some. Maybe it's a bit overly fanny. Oh. And um, <laughs> fanny. And you, so, so you can read all Sorry. this stuff. Yeah. Anyway, this is from. It, Hi, sexy Rob. Not a business opportunity, but an opportunity to meet a hot guy who appreciates your brains <laughs> as much or more than your mad sexy looks. 
You are so very hot and sexy. And I can only imagine how incredible your hot body is. This guy's got me down. Oh my God. Um, just had to tell you that and wish you wanted a hot one stateside. So we're good when we go to America. So yeah, so you have to, um, you get to read some of this stuff. Well, That's intense. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, I'm like, I am the most open-minded person. Race, religion, creed, you name it. But yeah, get some stuff like that on social media and you have to filter all that. Yeah, you do. Maybe it's, get some funny maybe it's messages. towards you. I don't think it is. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. what, what else direct. have we got? Because I'm hungry. Final few questions then. So what's the future for this podcast? Uh, bigger, more, wider, challenge our own ways of doing things. You know, reinvent the, uh, the niche, the genre, meet more and more interesting guests. We've got some cool people coming up, more and more interesting people. Travel the world doing it. I'd love yes. to travel the world doing it. That's a good we idea. are going to go to America and break America and get a Winnebago and go around because I know we could get more guests and I much prefer them face to face than on Skype, as you know, Harry. Yeah. So definitely like to do that. Maybe we'll do that 2020. Mm, I think that's Who a good knows? idea. Good yeah. plan. Take some planning. Um, so that's next for the podcast. Final question. Rob? What does disruptive mean to you? Reinventing yourself. Disrupting yourself, challenging yourself, reinventing your niche, your industry. When people think they can predict what you're gonna do, you do something different, something disruptive, something courageous, being different, honoring who you are, showing the world who it is, creating a whole new model, creating a whole new industry, a whole new niche, a whole new brand. That for me is what disruptive is. Good answer. Right. Burger nice. and Lobster Wicked. time. If anyone is listening and you've never been to Burger and Lobster, like I should get paid commission. You right? should. Odomar's Pigay, Alexander McQueen. <laughs> and and Burger, Burger and Lobster. You should, these are the three that I want. That's it. Life's complete. sponsors. Take me, take me around the world. Give me some watches. Give me some clothes. Clothes. Okay, um, fed. So, but like, would you agree that when I told you about the lobster roll at Burger and Lobster, you were skeptical? I was or very skeptical. Harry, you don't like fish. I don't even like fish that much. Yeah. Yeah. Harry, it, it's a game changer. Advertise it. Come on, do your thing. Oh, he's do so he's so yeah. good at selling this. So basically, you were skeptical. How can it? How can a lobster sandwich, which is essentially what it is, yeah. be better than? whole cuisine or the best home cooked food your mum has ever cooked How, or your nan which is even better like your nan's lasagna nothing beats your nan's she lasagna she's a banging cook um, but the, you said it's pretty much the best thing you've ever eaten well, let him I'm describe it like, I'll get another shot by the way Harry loves food and there's other things he loves that goes with steak and that's all he's really interested <laughs> in other than that. I'm a man who likes my food right and I've tried it all of the world, okay? However, when it comes to fish, I ain't part of that game, never have been. Now, Mr. I ain't part of that game. Mr. Morgan, this is great. he's been banging about this burger and lobster for years. And I'm like, I, not my scene, that's not what I'm about. However, one day we went down there and we tried it. So it's I, game changer. Yeah, so I took you there after, it was here, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. first and time we both ever had it. Yeah, 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 because it was the first time you'd had it better, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah? yeah. First time you'd had it? 100%. Time, yeah. yeah. So go, what's the experience of a it's lobster oh, roll specifically? Yeah. Go, go this brioche bun, right? And they toast it to perfection. But it's not just toasting it so it's crispy or soft. They toast the outside so it's perfectly coated and crispy. Bit but buttery. inside it is perfectly soft. <laughs> now what they do, they get a big batch of lobster. Not just a little bit, 
a massive grab. Look at those hands. So much that you can't get any more on the lobster. <laughs> and it's meaty as well. And it's isn't meaty, it? it's thick. juicy, it's tender, it's thick, and they cram it <laughs> just like that into the roll. And you've got lobster coming outside, and then they salt bay, they sprinkle a little sprinkle, yeah, a little yeah. bit of um, uh, chives and stuff all over that. And then here's the piece de la Maristone. <laughs> oh my god! This garlic butter, and they drizzle it on. And, and actually, you get a um, the little gravy boat, yeah. Yeah. and you put how much that you want on the. Oh, dip. I like to dip it in. Oh, you pour it straight over. Yeah. I dip it in. I'm a dipper. It yeah. is, ladies and gentlemen, the most balanced sandwich I have eaten. It is sandwich doesn't even do any justice. No, it doesn't. The word no. sandwich. No. And the word roll. Mm. I mean, Kira Richardson, who used to play for Man United, who's my watch dealer, who's a, a really yeah. good guy, and I've become good friends with him. He took me there, and, and it's just like. Like, oh, you got to order lobster roll, mate. He didn't big it up like I did. He's, you know, just like just order lobster roll, take my word for it. And I started eating it, I was like, what is this sensation? <laughs> like, I've, I've never had a feeling inside my body, other than coffee, that gives me that... <sighs> it, it changed my life. Yeah. It changed my life, it was a game changer. It's yeah. the only time we've all been quiet yeah. for like 15 yeah. minutes ever. We should get a franchise in Peterborough. I mean, it wouldn't actually do that well. In Peterborough, it has to be lower end. It wouldn't, do, but we just keep it open ourselves. <laughs> yeah, we could get yeah. in there. I'd have that deliver dinner. Whoa. So, I mean, look, this podcast has been a massive champion of the McQueen documentary, uh, and I think it's amazing. Um, love McQueen, love Odomar's PGA, but on the list is Burger and Lobster. Hell's yeah. one of the best things Amen. that life has ever brought. Hell the yeah. burgers are great as well, aren't they? Yeah. Burgers are really good. Yeah, I wouldn't have them. I mean, medium rare is quite cold in the middle mm. and it is quite rare. Mm. So maybe have it medium because it's still juicy and a bit red in the middle. Yeah. But sometimes it is a bit rare if you, if you don't ask for it medium rare. There's a few burger and lobsters around. And on that note, should we go? Let's go. Let's go to burger and lobsters. Oh. Boys. All right, have we it's got that day. 15, 20 minute walk now to take these cameras? To... Yes. Oh my yes, we do. All right. Oh my life. Right, Rob. If you don't risk so thanks for tuning in, and remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything. Boom, cool. All right. Cool. Thanks, guys.